It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. The Eagles are heading to the Super Bowl, which of course means fantasy football is officially dead, right? Ooh, no, no, no. Still going strong with one-week fantasy football at DraftKings. The fantasy football season doesn't end until the games do, so while your season-long league is done, it's not too late to draft a new team and win money while doing so. DraftKings is introducing Single Game Showdown, which is the newest way to play one-week fantasy football, and drafting your team is even faster. All you have to do, draft six players, four offensive, two defensive, all from one game. And of course, as always, you can choose between public contests with big cash prizes or private contests where you can compete against a group of friends, which is what we're going to continue to do each and every week. So get to DraftKings.com right now. Use the promo code BGNR to play for free with your first deposit for your share of hundreds of thousands of dollars in total prizes the weekend of the big game. That's promo code BGNR to compete for your share of hundreds of thousands of dollars in prizes. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Let's do it. Welcome into the 24th, a.k.a. the Sheldon Brown episode of the Counterpoint Podcast, brought to you by BGN Radio and BGNRadio.com and also BleedingGreenNation.com. The Philadelphia Eagles, I don't know if you've heard, are headed to the freaking Super Bowl. And, like, it was so weird watching that game unfold because all of a sudden it was like, uh, this is a blowout. And it's not supposed to be this easy. And you know what? It really was. It was a super easy win that no one in the entire world expected. Like, even the callers on this station who just come out with these crazy score predictions, no one had 38-7. to 7. No, one, no one in the entire world had the Eagles blowing out this team uh, by that much. And honestly, you know, they won. But I kind of feel bad for, for the kids who watched that game because, like... Now they think that's how this is always going to go. <laughs> like they didn't understand the the trials and tribulations of the 2000 through 2005 seasons. Uh, they just think that hey, this is how this is winning the NFC Championship is super easy. So honestly, you know they won, um, but I do feel feel bad for kids that think it's that easy because it's it's really not. Now on the other hand, I'm also so happy for everyone. I'm first off, uh, I'm happy for myself. Because I deserve this, because the Counterpoint Podcast, you know, it's, it's the first season of the Counterpoint Podcast, and the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. Like, BGN, I know, it took you so long to get me on my own podcast. Uh, just bad work by you at BGN, John, James, BLG, Vince, like, it's all your fault. Um, so, really, I mean, I'm happy for, for me, but <laughs> mostly kidding. Um, I'm just happy for for, the, for for this team, for this city, for the fans of this city. Um for for just Eagles fans all over the world, you know, 
it's so much different being an Eagles fan than being a fan of any other team. Uh, cause, cause like, it's weird when, when you're, when you're viewed as a, as a loser and you're going through a, a streak of losses or you've never won a, a world series or NBA championship, your city is, is viewed as cursed, you know, people kind of get behind you and they support you and they want to see your team win because you've never won before. The entire nation was behind the Cubs two years ago. The entire nation was behind the Red Sox a couple years ago. The entire nation, whether you hate LeBron James or not, and if you hate LeBron James, you're an idiot. But if you hate LeBron James, still you were happy for the city of Cleveland. Generally, when your team's when a team is going through a long drought like the Eagles and the city of Philadelphia mostly has gone through, people in the media and the general public feel bad for you. And you know what? <laughs> That's not the case here. In fact, every time your team wins anything and you act a little happy for your team winning, you get shit on by every single person in the media. And you know, like, fucking Boston. I didn't want to go on this this early, but fucking Boston. You know, these Boston beat writers are coming out with stories like, oh, I'm so terrified of Eagles fans and, and all this. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're making news reports about Eagles fans. Like, like they, they forget that they're from the most racist city in this country and they just had another incident, an incident of many a couple months ago. So how about you get off your fucking soapbox, Boston, and get over yourselves? Like, I understand you've won multiple championships, but can you just shove it and save your, your petty bullshit from a city that, that is the single most racist city and just had an incident in 2017 with, with your Red Sox fans? How about you just calm down there, okay? I didn't want to get into that this early. I want to get back on the, the happy train. Um, I'm happy for so many players on this football team. And I, I want to go through a, a certain list of players. Now, these are players. These are coaches. These are these are, are, are front office people because this team is just so special. And the thing that I've learned uh, since uh, the Carson Wentz injury, which we're up to uh 40 some days post. See, I don't, I don't even remember the date anymore. I, oh, I know the date. It was December 10th, but I don't remember the amount of days it's been since, since September 10th. And that's only because I'm really bad at math. But the fact is, is that I don't, I didn't have it off the top of my head. I'm, I'm, I'm finally over the Carson Wentz injury. Um, but the, what I've learned through this whole process, and I know if you go back and listen to the podcast, it was like the single most depressing podcast ever. And I'm sorry for any of you that are no longer with us uh, that that ended it after that. But um, we've come a long way since then. And what I've learned about this team is that they are resilient. They are special. They believe in each other. I know I ripped on Next Man Up, but like they were right. And like the funny thing about this team was that before the season, you know, Doug would come out and say that this team has as many has much has as much talent as the '96 Packers, and like they just they were making outlandish statements. I thought, but you know what? They were right about every single statement. And I was thinking about this the other day. You know, all these offseason moves they made and bringing in all these free agents, and there was a lot of like there's a lot of one year deals, and there was a, a lot of trades and, and and all that. It seemed like a lot of roster turnover. And as an Eagles fan and, and, and living through two dream team seasons, I was like, well, this won't work. You know, that, but, but, but what's funny is that every single one of those moves has worked out, which is just, it just never happens. And that's a credit to Howie. It's a credit to Joe Douglas and that staff. But like, I was, I saw everything coming together on paper. I was just too afraid to come out and say, yeah, this is all going to work out fine because, because I was scarred by the dream team. But every, every button they pushed this offseason, has worked out perfectly. It's really worked out perfectly, and I can't believe that that, that never happens here. So I'm just, you know, I'm, I, uh, let me get to this list of people that I'm happy for. Um, I'm happy for Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham was a guy who five, yeah, five for five years, five years, people were like, hey, you're not as good as Earl Thomas. You're not as good as Earl Thomas. We wish he was here. Uh, we wish you weren't here. Well, not that we wish you weren't here, but for the first couple of years, we wish he wasn't here. Last two or three years, it's like, wow, thank God we got Brandon Graham. Um, but for a a four-year window there, Brandon Graham was a guy that we reminded every time we saw him that you're not as good as Earl Thomas. Just wasn't. Uh, he's battling injuries, and then he almost left and went to the Giants. And now look at him. Brandon Graham is indispensable. 
He's one of the, the, the most impactful defensive players in the entire league. Brandon Graham is a guy I, I you rarely see uh, a guy go from the, pretty much the scrap heap to, to developing into one of the best players in the entire uh, NFL on the defensive side of the ball. It's just so rare to see that. And, and it takes a lot of personal belief for a guy to go through what he's gone through and come out on the other end a better person for it. Brandon Graham is a fantastic human being, happy about everything. Uh, you know, and it just, he's really embodied this entire city. And I'm really happy for that guy from everything he's been through from 2011 to now, he has been through a lot of shit. Eagles fans have given him so much shit. The media has given him so much shit and you know what? He took it all with a smile. Now look at him. I mean, Brandon Graham is a guy that's super easy to root for. And I'm so, so glad that Brandon Graham is here. Uh, Howie Roseman, Howie Roseman was destroyed in the city. Howie Roseman had to get his radio show taken off, taken off the air because people were calling in so angrily towards Howie Roseman. You know, he was he was he was labeled as a, a non-football guy. Uh, Howie, Ro- I was always Team Howie. I loved Howie Roseman. I thought he he understood where football is headed. And look at him now. I mean, Howie is one of those guys that is changing how the NFL is thought of. He is finding these market inefficiencies, and I think the trade market is something that the NFL has not taken advantage of uh, for a long time. Howie Roseman is on the forefront of the 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 trading market, and I think that's a market inefficiency. And I think that's something that Howie Roseman doesn't get enough credit for. Now, I know bringing in Joe Douglas has helped him a lot because Joe Douglas goes out there. He has a really good eye for scouting talent. But it's still Howie making the trades, finding fair value, getting signing guys like Patrick Robinson, Robinson to cheap deals, uh, trusting Alshon Jeffrey on a one-year deal. Everything Howie did this offseason was fantastic. And he was a guy that got destroyed in the city. Doug Peterson. I mean, Dougie P. Destroyed by guys like James Seltzer. <laughs> uh, Doug Peterson is such an easy guy to root for. Good golly gosh, Doug. Uh, Doug Peterson is Charlie Manuel. Charlie Manuel, when we hired him, viewed the, the entire city viewed him as an idiot, a bumbling idiot. We all wanted Jim Leland. Uh, Doug Peterson, I feel like, is the same kind of way. We don't think Doug is smart at all. And you know what? We still don't really think that. Uh, but Doug Peterson has won two playoff games with the backup quarterback, has changed the entire culture of a locker room from a toxic culture two seasons ago. Two seasons ago. This 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 locker room was toxic, and now they're here. That is all Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson pushed all the right buttons this year. He's the perfect mixture between uh, between aggressiveness and smarts. Now, last year he wasn't, but he learned in this offseason. I feel like everything he does is practical, and like this makes sense, and he knows how to talk to his players. And by the way, the Doug Peterson confidence meter is up to like 97%. Bring it home, Doug, and you're up to 100%. But I think... He's gotten so high on the confidence meter that it should be just the the, the Doug Peterson big balls. Uh, just Dougie big balls. The big balls of Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson called a flea flicker in the NFC Championship game to put the, to put the game away. Big balls Doug. I mean, I can't say enough about this guy. Doug Peterson came out, stepped on a throat, which supposedly learned from Mike Shula. Just step on a throat in a way that Andy Reid never did. Doug Peterson is a better Andy Reid. I can't believe we're here. We're having conversations about Doug Peterson uh, versus Bill Belichick as a as a as a chess match. <laughs> That's where we're at, and it's so awesome. It is so awesome. I love Doug. I'm so glad he is the the leader of this team. He gets these guys. He lets these guys be guys. Just gotta let guys be guys, Doug. And now Doug is Doug is one win away from winning the Super Bowl. Um, just coming out in the second half and call, dialing up a flea flicker that he had just put in the week before was so ballsy, so awesome. Doug Peterson, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I'm so happy you're here, Doug. Nick Foles. Nick Foles was shit on. Nick Foles created a civil war in this city. He really did. Nick Foles is a guy that, that, that has been divisive in this fan base for years because there's some people who look at Nick Foles and then look at his win and loss totals and be like, you know what? See, all he does is win. And then there's some other people who, you know, watch him actually throw a football and they're like, wow, he's really shitty, just backpedals. But I tell you what, confident Nick Foles is like an animal. 
is is Nick Foles confident all the time? No, he's not. But confident Nick Foles is a, is a different kind of human being, and Doug has gotten the best out of Nick Foles. He has created very simple reads for him, but credit to Foles because he's made the throws. The throws he was making last week were throws that elite quarterbacks in this league struggle to make, which is insane. Um, confident Nick is a is a game changer. And, you know, the guy was, was about to give up on football a couple years ago or maybe a year ago, and he didn't. And he stuck with it. And you know what? We're pretty lucky he's here. Um, because yeah, I don't think Sudfeld could do <laughs> could do what Nick Foles did the other day, which is fine. Um, you know, duh, Nick caused me a lot of strife on social media because I was anti-Foles, whatever. Well, it's fake news. Um, but, uh, like, credit to him, man. Like, for, 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 for coming back from wanting to retire to where you are now. It's a really cool redemption story, uh, and I'm glad you're doing it for our team. Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar, after the Seattle game last year, I've never seen an athlete more broken in my entire life than Nelson Aguilar was. And I thought that was, uh, I, I don't, I didn't think it'd be possible for him to ever come back from that. And all the credit in the world to him because he has, he's thrived, he's happy, he's doing it all with a smile on his face, a lot like Brandon Graham. Nelson Aguilar and Brandon Graham, I've never seen two guys turn it around uh, more insanely than, than these two guys. Uh, I mean, Nelly. Nelly was a guy that 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 worked his ass off, but it wasn't paying off in the field, and I I'm sure that's incredibly frustrating when you work your ass off and then it doesn't translate to the field because all the coaches will tell you that if you practice right and you do things the right way, you you'll, it'll translate to the field, and it wasn't translating, and that's got to be super frustrating for a guy that works that hard. Now look at him, he's thriving. I need, thank you, Nelson. I mean, you made the loss of Jordan Matthews very easy. Stepped right into the slot. Um, Good for you, man. Like, just good for you, Nelson. I'm very happy for you. Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz uh, is viewed uh, across the league as a guy that shouldn't be allowed to coach again because of how uh, bad or poorly managed, I will say, those Detroit Lions teams were. And that guy is has turned around this defense uh, in two seasons. He's, he's put in practical things. I, I feel like this coaching staff just puts in practical things every week and or they, they, they teach practical ways and the guys are like, well, that makes a lot of sense. I'll do that. Uh, Jim Schwartz, I just feel like is, is, is laughed at when he's brought up as a head coaching candidate and I don't, I just, I don't think he's going to be gone this offseason. Now that the, the season's continuing into the Super Bowl, these teams are going to want to hire coaches and there's been no leaks about Jim Schwartz. I think Jim Schwartz is going to be back next year and you know what? We're, we're lucky to have him. Um, happy for Chris Long. Like, what an easy guy to root for. I mean, just donated all of his checks this entire season. Uh, to 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 help better his hometown. That's it's an awesome thing. And uh, you know, I'll throw Lane Johnson in here. Happy for Lane Johnson because Lane Johnson, you know, those two came together and they called out the NFL for not for trying to make money off of their T-shirts that that they're donating all the proceeds to a charity. Like, it's just the Eagles dominate the trenches again. Uh, Lane Johnson is a guy that if you if if you brought him up in the last couple seasons, uh, or heading into the season, uh, people would be like, yeah, what is he? Is he going to be that good off of the PEDs? Uh, he's better <laughs> off of the PEDs. Lane Johnson's been unbelievable. Um, you know, Chris Long, getting back to him for a second, you know, he he was let go by the Patriots. They didn't bring him back. They probably viewed him as a guy that was too old. Came here, he's thriving. He's thriving. He he has made game changing plays. In, in small sample sizes the entire season. In limited snaps, Chris Long has made uh, a huge impact this, this season. Lane Johnson, again, the PEDs thing. I always thought that was fucking ridiculous. Lane Johnson wasn't even taking PEDs. He was taking things that he thought were legal. He wasn't trying to look for an edge. And guess what? He shut all the haters up this year. He set the tone for the entire season with the Bud Light thing, with uh, we're going to go down to Washington and whoop their ass. Lane Johnson... Is Philadelphia. Boom. I said it. Brandon Brooks. The guy has quietly been one of the best players in football this entire season. He uh, was battling major anxiety issues last year. And, you know, I mean, of course, there were some people that were like, oh, get out there and play. But for the most part, everyone was behind him. And you know what? Hasn't missed a game this year. Uh, I think that support from the, from the fans last year, I think, helps him a lot. And now look at him. One of the best players in fo- one of the best offensive players in football. I mean, Brandon Brooks, would, is there any guard in the league who would take over him? Probably Marshall Yonda, and that's about it. Brandon Brooks is, Brandon Brooks is awesome. I love Brandon Brooks. 
Michael Kendricks, a guy that, again, a lot of people wanted to trade. I'm going to throw Jason Kelsey in this as well. A lot of this city wanted both of these guys all gone and, and, and wrote them both off. And you know what? They also put their head down and went back to work. I think, again, these guys that are just have come off the scrap heap, heap uh, it's, 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 it's even more credit to Doug. Dougie P. Dougie P got these guys believing again. I really believe that. I hope I'm not crazy. I think Doug Peterson got these guys believing in themselves again. I really do. Ah, yeah, can't say enough about him. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins, an awesome dude. So happy for him as well. Uh, you know, he, he's 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 a he's a really smart guy. How's that for a take? <laughs> Jalen Mills, a fourth round, third round talent that got drafted in the seventh round. Uh, ripped on by Eagles fans for being too slow. Uh, not really a cornerback, even though I do think he's a safety. Uh, Jalen Mills, I mean, he's a guy that 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 is a seventh round pick, and he's defying the odds. And he's his pump up his his pump up speeches have me wanting to to fly through a brick wall. So uh, Jalen Mills, another guy, Corey Clement, uh, a, an undrafted free agent that played uh, in the one of the biggest one of the Power Five conferences. And started on a Power 5 conference team that was a top 10 team in college football as a starter. Those guys get drafted out of principle. And he wasn't drafted, which I think is ridiculous. And he's here. He's from New Jersey. Now I know he's a Cowboys fan. And I think it's about time to cut him because we don't want him uh, uh, enjoying this this season. But hey, you know, happy for you, Corey. <laughs> Why not? And finally, Brent Selleck. Guy has been here for 13 years, and he's back in the. He, well, he's, he, this is his first time going to the Super Bowl. He's going to the Super Bowl. Uh, a lifelong Eagle, an Eagle through and through. Very, very happy for Brent Selleck. Uh, just the embodiment of an Eagle. I, I, I believe that. You know what's weird about watching that game is that it it, it brought me back uh, to my childhood, and you know I was thinking about those kids, and the reason why. I, I felt bad for the kids that watched that game on, on Sunday uh, because I was once that kid. When I was growing up, the Eagles, I, you know, I, I was young. I mean, like, up, up, I was in fourth, fifth, sixth grade. And when you're that young, you know, you watch the games, but you're, you'll get angry if they lose. But, like, you're not going to – it's not going to ruin your week per se. And I just remember thinking – I was thinking back – once they won because I was trying to envision, you know, what's this used to feel like. And this used to feel like a a week-to-week thing, and I just thought it was funny because growing up, (laughs) I thought that was normal. I thought the Eagles winning all the time uh, was normal, and that's what made Sunday so special is that we got back to, to the Eagles being on top of the NFC. And, you know, for five years there, I would say longer. For for about seven, eight years there, the Eagles were the class of the NFC. And now that I look back on that era, it's so much easier to appreciate this now and, and appreciate this rise because we saw just how hard it is to get here. And we, we went through the post-Donovan era. And I know uh, Donovan is is, you know, he's dead to us. He's definitely dead to us. And banned from the podcast, but um, it was so—it's just so hard to get back to where this Eagles team is right now. And I think Sunday was was an encapsulation of that. And growing up as an Eagles fan, I used to think that was normal in the early two thousands because that's when I grew up loving this team and, and fell in love with this team. And it, I just—I want to make sure everyone soaks in just how special this time is right now because as we learned post Donovan is that it's not it's it's not as easy as those teams made it look. I was used to 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 checking, you know, not checking, but watching the game and seeing Donovan walking off the field with a smile and uh, with a towel wrapped around his head, or wrapped around his shoulders, and that was the the norm and we're finally back to that and it's crazy that we're here in year 2 of Doug, but this just this it it really feels like the beginning of something even more special than those early 2000s teams. You know, everyone talks about, well, what would you give up for for an Eagles Super Bowl? And I'm at the point right now where they might lose the Super Bowl. I mean, sure, they could lose the Super Bowl. 
I'm so confident in the future of this Eagles team that, like, I don't need to give up anything. I know they're going to do it. I know the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl with Carson Wentz at quarterback and with Doug Peterson as, as my head coach. I'm not afraid to say it. I'm really not. I, I, the, the best way to break a curse is to lean in and go all in and, and fuck everyone. Like, don't worry about them saying, oh, don't, don't say the word Super Bowl around this team. Don't. You know what? It doesn't matter. That era is over. We don't have to be scared anymore. I've been saying it all year. I said it with Wentz. I'm say, I mean, I'm, I still am saying it with Wentz because I think next year or, or in the next five years, the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl. And I think this is just the beginning. I, I think this is just the beginning of something special. But I was thinking earlier this week about young Jack. Young Jack watching the Eagles and remembering that I thought that, that winning was normal and trying to to take in everything. Take in everything. Um, it's a really special time. And, and it's really only the beginning. So I am super confident that the Eagles are going to beat the Patriots. And I think it's funny because, you know, when the, when the Eagles won and they beat the Vikings and it was the Patriots and I saw the line. Now, the line did help. We'll get to that later. Um, for some reason, I was just like, I think they're going to beat the Patriots. And I just, I, I, for some reason, I was just like super confident. I wasn't scared of Brady, Belichick. Any of that stuff. Uh, it's weird. It's weird how as a, as a fan base, we've gone from, yeah, they might beat the Falcons. I'm not sure. Like 50, It was like a 50-50 split that the, the, the Eagles would beat the Falcons, I felt like. Judging off the fan base, judging off things I saw on social media, heard on sports radio, it was, it was a lot of, yeah, maybe they'll win. And then we beat the Falcons. And then heading into the Vikings game, it felt like everyone was like, yeah, they're going to win, but it'll be close. And then they beat them 38-7. And now we're going up against Brady and Belichick. And we're like, you know what? Double digits, fuck it. We're winning. <laughs> like, it's crazy how confident this fan base turned in, in a mere short weeks. And I'm guilty of it as well. I mean, you guys all remember the podcast post-Carson. It was a very depressing podcast, and I'm sorry. But, like, that's just how I felt at the time. I wasn't trying to be, like... You know, like a like a what was me hot take. Wasn't trying to draw attention. I, that's just exactly how I felt, and how I feel right now is I am super confident that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to beat the New England Patriots. I think the Eagles match up really well, but the one thing I can't get over is people forget this. But Chip Kelly beat Belichick. Chip Kelly, our fraudulent coach. Went into Foxborough and beat Bill Belichick. People forget that. So if Chip Kelly can do it, why can't the Eagles do it? But really, I mean, watching the Patriots, is this really a great Patriots team? Is it really that great of a Patriots team? Or have they had to have some luck on their side? They were a third and 18 away from losing at home to Jacksonville last week. They, 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 they overcame the most incredible fourth quarter, second half collapse in, in Super Bowl history to, to, to beat the Falcons last year in the Super Bowl. They were in a Malcolm Butler lucky-ass interception from losing another Super Bowl to the Seattle Seahawks. They've gotten some luck going their way. I, I respect the shit out of Tom Brady. I love, I, a lot of people don't like Tom Brady. I like Tom Brady. I, I like watching I like watching excellence. I'm sorry. I, I like watching Tom Brady. But even me, even a Tom Brady fan that I am, can admit that that team has gotten super lucky. And I think the great thing about this Eagles team and why I'm so confident is that they won't let their foot off the gas like these other teams do. These other teams left their foot off the gas and they let the Patriots hang around. And I think if Doug gets up big, and I, the Doug Peterson that I know, Doug, I'm talking to you right now because I changed the Doug Peterson confidence meter because I'm so confident in you. I changed the Doug Peterson confidence meter to big balls, Doug. You know, we, we had the Wentz boner, the Wentz boner meter because we were just like, you know what? This guy's the guy. What, what bonerific things slash semi-chub things 
can Carson Wentz do this week that's going to give me a semi-chub? Doug, I changed the confidence meter in you because I am that confident in you, Doug. You can't make me look bad. And, like This guy just called a flea flicker against the Vikings to step on the throat. If Doug Peterson calls a flea flicker to give an old, big old middle finger to Bill Belichick, build the statue now. Build the fucking statue. Because that will be the single biggest FU in the history of sports. And you know what? I need it more than ever. Doug, if you have a chance to step on Bill Belichick's fucking throat, I want it. I need it. This city needs it. Because it will be the greatest FU in history. In history. I'm not even talking sports. If you go flea flicker up by a touchdown on Belichick to put a game away, it's the biggest FU in the history of the entire world. Think about that, Doug, as you prepare for the next week. But I'm confident. I'm confident because if, if you look at those Giants teams, are they not built, built the same way? They got a doofus at quarterback. We have our Nick Foles. Basically the same guy. Could Nick Foles be could Nick Foles be Eli Manning for, for a Super Bowl? I think he can. This Eagles defensive line is not going to get tired. These other wimpy ass teams that have lost to the Patriots, they get tired in the fourth quarter. Is this Eagles team going to get tired in the fourth quarter? No, they are not. They've had fresh legs this entire season. Fletcher Cox, Timmy Jernigan have played 500 less snaps than other teams have heading into this game. The Eagles have an eight-man rotation on the defensive line that's not going to get tired. They're not going to get tired of knocking Tom Brady to the ground. Come on. If I know anything about this Eagles team, they're not going to get tired. What, do you think they're happy to be in Minnesota? And by the way, is it not the funniest thing in the entire world that these Minnesota fans talk all this shit, come to our city, these Minnesota wimp asses came to our city stood on the Rocky steps, put dressed up Rocky in Vikings garb, and then we're like surprised that that we acted out against them. You little fucking babies. Go back to Minnesota. Go back to being nice to each other up in Minnesota. Don't come into a northeast football city. city expect to get cute on us. And then get all petrified when we whoop your fucking ass. Unbelievable. But guess what? Minnesotians, now that you're acting like a bunch of babies, our city is invading you and going to remind you every freaking day that we whooped your ass the week before. How's that feel? That's going to really suck. And you know what? With the way that you have handled that ass kicking, you deserve every second of it. You deserve every second of the wrath of Eagles fans that are coming to Minnesota next week. Every second of it. Sorry for my tangent. But like, I'm sick and tired of the Philadelphia hit pieces because it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. It happens everywhere. You'll be fine. Your feelings got hurt. You'll be fine. You will be fine. Just shove it and save it. Ah, anyway. This Eagles team is not going to get tired. And you know what? I watched Blake Bortles torch a Belichick defense for three quarters. And again, they were a third and 18 away from losing at home to Jacksonville. The Jacksonville Jaguars with the worst quarterback I've ever seen. And that includes week 16 Nick Foles. Bill Belichick. I don't care. You can give him weeks to prepare for this Eagles team. I'm confident in what Doug Peterson can do on that side of the ball. He's going to be able to scheme up that shitty-ass Patriots defense. Like, Can we call it what it is? The Patriots defense is, is a bunch of dog shit. And I know I'm calling my shot here, but the Eagles are going to win this football game. You can add old, take, old takes exposed. I don't care. The Eagles are going to put up points against this against the Belichick-led defense. I'm not afraid of Bill Belichick. And also, can I just say one final time, Eric Rowe stinks. 
All the people there were like, oh, well, you know, you got rid of a good corn. He stinks. I can't wait to torch his ass. I can't wait to torch Patrick Chung's ass, too. Sick and tired of these Patriots. Although, I will say that I'm suddenly terrified of Amendola, and I don't know why, but, like, I started thinking about Bill Belichick uh, motivating his team, and I got suddenly terrified of him telling Amendola over and over again that he, that he wasn't good enough for the Eagles because Danny Amendola still has an Eagles jersey in his house that he uses as motivation. So all of a sudden got a little terrified uh, of Danny Amendola, but whatever, I digress. I've made the executive decision as the leader of this podcast um, as the the head of the trust tree, the top of the, the the top of the said trust tree, that it's it's time to start banning people from the podcast. Uh, these people deserve to be banned. Uh, they will never uh, appear on this podcast because you know what? They stopped believing in the Eagles. They they didn't give them a chance against that Vikings defense. It's time to start banning some people from this podcast that, that, that are never going to show uh, their voice on this podcast. And I'm going to start with Ian Rappaport. Ian Rappaport, you are, are banned. You just made the list. From coming on CounterPoint. I'm sorry to inform you, but you scoffed. You laughed at the idea of the Eagles beating the Vikings. You came on these airwaves and you, you were like, I would be really, really surprised if the Eagles beat the Vikings. Well, Ian... Guess what, buddy? You just got your ass banned. Robert Mays. You just made the list. Now, Robert, you know I love you. But you are also banned from this podcast. You said that the Vikings have the best roster in the NFL, and that will show itself Sunday afternoon at the link. And you said if the Eagles play this, if the Eagles and Vikings play this game 100 times, the Vikings win 62% of them. And you picked the Vikings to beat the Eagles. And guess what, Robert? Guess what that deserves you of? You are now banned from coming on the Counterpoint Podcast. I'm sorry. I, I, I think it's stern but fair. You messed around. You got banned. So when you pick against the Eagles, just remember, you're also picking against Jack Fritz, who doesn't forget takes, and you might get your ass banned from ever coming on the Counterpoint Podcast. Shield Kapadia. You just made the list. You know, you come back from Seattle. The prodigal son returns. Everyone's all happy. That Shields home. And you know what? I was, keyword, was one of those people that was very excited for Shield to come home. And then, I, and then I'm subscri- subscribed to theathletic.com. It's a great site. Very happy I do it. But then, and honestly, it's a week overdue, Shield. I meant to ban you last week because you picked against the Eagles against the Falcons. Come on. Come on, Shield. Against the Falcons. You thought Matty Ice was coming in here? Shield, Shield, Shield. Look at me. You messed around and you got banned. No longer are you allowed to come on this podcast, even though you've never been on before. Mike Francesa. You just made the list. I don't give a shit if you're the Pope of Sports Talk Radio. Guess what? You're banned from coming on the Counterpoint Podcast. I don't need you to come on this podcast for clicks, for clicks on a podcast. Because guess what? Your, your shitty New York accent will never come across these airwaves because you picked against the birds on the Bill Simmons podcast. But guess what? You did it two weeks in a row, Mike. Mike, Mike, you are a human mush. You are the definition of a mush. You are wrong all the freaking time. You are the Pope of Sports Talk Radio, and I respect you. But you are the living definition of a mush. Do you want to know what Mike Francesa's Super Bowl record is? Honestly, I know it off the top of my head. You're going to think I'm kidding. I swear to God, you're going to think I'm kidding. Mike Francesa's overall record on picks plus playoffs since 2001. Now, this was as of this is as of October 21st, 2016. His entire record since 2001, everything. 376 and 732. It's a horrible, horrible percentage. Mike Francesa is fantastic at his job. Love him. Respect him. He's a mush. He's horrible at picking games. And you know what? He's picked against the Eagles two straight weeks. He picked the Falcons, 
the first week, and he picked the Vikings this week. And for the love of God, Mike, please, please, you human personification of a mush, your ass is banned from this podcast. Everyone at Philly.com, Jeff McClain, Zach Berman, you both pick against the Eagles. And Les Bowen, you are banned out of principle. Um, I don't, I don't think you'd really bring anything to the table. Uh, yeah, Jeff McClain, Zach Byron, both picked against our Eagles. Like, come on. Come on. I know you're trying to be objective, but let's go. Uh, Matt Lombardo, banned from the podcast. You just made the list! Because uh, he actually did pick the Eagles to win, which credit to him. But he also picked a score of 12-10. Like, come on. Come on. What, what, who does that? Picks a score of 12-10. to 10. Out of principle, Lombardo, banned. And finally, Vince Quinn. You just made the list! Vince Love you, buddy. But you went on this whole thing the other day on WIP about how the Eagles are going to lose. You came out and you said the Eagles were going to 100% lose. And if you disagreed, then you're wrong. You know what, buddy? That action got you banned from coming on this podcast. The BGN radio community doesn't forget and you're banned from coming on the Counterpoint Podcast. Now, I think sometimes you got to let these people know. <laughs> you know, I think it'd be really, really funny to see some of their reactions. Whatever. Yeah, I'm not saying do it. I'm also not saying not do it. Let them know that they've been banned from the Counterpoint Podcast. But moving on. Let's get into the mailbag. So, uh, really, a, a lot... A lot of mailbag questions, which is all, which is all good, which is all great stuff. All right, first one here is from Brian Grossman. Uh, Jack, big fan of the show. I'm a Philly guy living in NYC, so the only Birds content I get is from listening to the Bleeding Green Nation podcast. On my way to and from work every day, but I made the trip home for the NFC Championship game. Of course, like you, you're not watching the NFC Championship game up in New York City with those fraud asses. Uh, here's my question: Who had the worst preseason take? Kean Fahey hating on Wentz or Michael Lombardi hating on Doug Peterson. So I guess I should add someone else to the ban list. Kean Fahey, fuck out of here. You're also banned. Uh, good luck never coming on the, the, the Counterpoint podcast. Um, I know everyone has had a debate recently about who is slash was more responsible for the Eagles' success this season between Wentz and Peterson, but which feet with but which Fahey and Lombardi uh, was more wrong for the season and during the first few weeks. I think it's probably Fahey because he would do everything he could to discredit what Wentz was doing. Wentz could throw a 50-yard pass and run under it for a TD, and, and Fahey would say the only reason it happened was because of the blocking. Uh, and Lombardi uh, eventually admitted that he was wrong. Also, why the hell is an Irish guy even commenting on American football? That has to be the weirdest Irish guy around. Just imagine if you had a friend in the U.S. as opinionated about rugby or cricket or whatever the hell they do in Ireland. It would be weird. This guy is probably like that kid everyone knew in high school that tried to reinvent himself in college by wearing Ed Hardy and lying about the starting QB that he was starting QB for his high school football team. So I don't know what Ed Hardy is. Um, and, you know, it's fine if you want to comment on if you're if you I mean, we have friends of the BGN community that live across the sea and comment on American football. It's fine. But it definitely like it's a, it's a little weird, like not weird. Weird's not a term, not, not the word I want to use, but like. It is definitely different thinking about like me. It's like when people comment about European soccer. I don't really get that. Like I don't know. It's not my. It's not my country's thing. So I mean, like power to Neil Dutton and guys like that who you know know what they're talking about. Unlike Kean, but like yeah, it's definitely a little weird. Like being an American and then caring. Like if I was an American caring diehardly about something that was specific only to like another country i don't know i think that'd be a little weird also the worst preseason take i don't think comparing wentz to blake bortles was was really bad but like but like mike lombardi was was so wrong (laughs) like so so wrong they're both egregiously wrong it's just funny how wrong (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go with Kean out of principle because Kean is the devil to me. So I'm going to go with Kean just because, like, it was just stupid. And the guy developed into an MVP, and he was still like, well, it's because it's an easy scheme that he ran. Like, sure. <laughs> Whatever. Moving on. Uh, Rex 
Simon Tachi? Seaman Tachi? Not gonna say Seaman Tachi again, even though I just did. Uh, Jack, I come bearing news from the great state of Maine. I am a diseased Eagles fan st stuck in Patriots territory. Sounds like a nightmare. Um, when the Eagles defeated the Vikings, I knew the next two weeks of my job would be nonstop smack talk from ignorant Pats fans I work with. Uh, but a stunning development. When I arrived at work, there was no smack talk or nothing. I had at least four Patriots fans say, I'm scared of the Eagles. It's a sincere fear. They're probably afraid their golden boy is going to get crushed by this defense. This totally took me off guard. I was all ready to give a I'm not scared of the Patriots speech, but I didn't have to. This year feels right. How do you feel about this fear against amongst the enemy? P.S. In the trust tree, the beard magic lives on. Still haven't shaved since the, the KC loss. Um, also, let's go into the trust tree. So uh, I haven't been in the spot for the last two playoff wins. I know that's going to come as like <gasps> moments to a lot of you guys, but... I had to get forced into doing a new job while I watch, while I do the games here at the station. So um, I have to like record every time that Merrill and Mike have a read and have to write that down, go back in the system and find it. So that's what I do while watching these games, which is just so delightful. It's so fun. I love watching big, intense NFC championship games while also having to listen to commercials. It's so, it's just, I'm, I love every second of it. Uh, but it's weird. Like, I generally believe that a lot of pa Patriots fans are a bit scared of this Eagles team, and they should be. The Eagles' defense is exactly what the, the Giants did for the beat them in two straight Super Bowls. The Eagles' defense is not going to get tired. They're not going to get tired. And I already did my whole I'm not afraid of the Patriots thing. It's just funny that everyone is in the same boat. No one is afraid of this Patriots team. And I'll say this. I'm very glad the Civil War amongst Eagles fans is over. The Civil War amongst Eagles fans about Foles people, not Foles people, was just so annoying, and I'm glad it's over. Also, uh, Rex, I'm I'm very happy that your beard is still on. But yeah, I get the sense too that, and I've heard from sources inside the ringer that 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 Bill Simmons is not is, is not fully confident in this Pats team. I love it. They're afraid. They're golden boy. Afraid. I'm here for it. Um. From Pat G, stop telling me to close my eyes while I'm driving. What the fuck, man? Love your shit. Keep it up. It's weird that you love my shit. It's definitely something that I didn't see coming today. But it's funny. I told you guys to close your eyes, and you, 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 I guess you really did it because about five people tweeted me saying they did it while driving, which, like, I mean, I respect the dedication, but also don't die because I need these listens. But also, I want you to live and experience the Super Bowl with me. I mean, we talked about this earlier. I'm not doing the Bumblebee Hive trail up in Maine because I'm not dying when the Eagles can win the Super Bowl. So I know I'm telling you to close your eyes, but close your eyes when the scenario is correct. So close your eyes and listen to the rest of this Counterpoint podcast. Just kidding. Stay alive. Christian Thomas. What's up, Jack? I'm a diseased Eagles fan uh, emailing you from the heart of Cowboys ter territory, if you even want to call it that, weakest fandom in the nation. You are 100% Christian, 100% correct. Like, the Cowboys fans down there are unbearably soft. It's just like the ones up here are the worst. Anyway, I mean, come on. These guys don't make the playoffs, and they all go hide in their cave and act like this year didn't, didn't even happen. And, yes, they're still lying to themselves that Dak is better than Wentz. Thank God that argument's over. Am I right? Uh, that was me saying that. No, no, not Christian. Unless you think it's even a debate, then you're just stupid. Which, by the way, I tweeted at Bill Barnwell last year that Wentz was better than Dak, and he quote-tweeted it and said, oh, I guess you haven't watched uh, your quarterback in the last well, five weeks. Yeah, how's it feel, Bill Barnwell? Another guy, banned from the podcast, never coming on. Uh, anyways, my question for you is this. If the Eagles win the Super Bowl, do you think Mike Trout will be an honorary guest for Super Bowl Parade, standing up there on the float with Carson, maybe even an extra ring in the works? So that's a really interesting question. And when I said it, or when I read it originally, I was like, no way. Why would they do that? But then I really thought about it. Mike Trout is high profile, as high profile as it gets. He is a super fan. I could easily see them bringing him up on the parade float and just being like partying with him, right? I think I think Mike Trout's going to be an honorary guest. I really do believe that. 
It's a good call by you, Christian. I really do believe Mike Trout is going to be on that float. Because not just Carson, it's Zach Ertz as well. Zach Ertz gave over, came over and gave him uh, at least a couple uh, game balls this year. 100%. Is he going to get a ring? I think that's a little much, Christian. But I agree with you. Mike Trout is going to be on that float. This is from Business, which, which is weird. Uh, asking for, uh, wait, no. In pounds, how heavy are Doug's balls after the Viking smackdown? Asking for a friend. Well, listen, we renamed the Doug Peterson confidence meter to the Doug Big Balls something. I haven't come up with the rest of it, but something in relation to Doug just having huge balls. Huge balls. Like Sam Cassell size balls. Like, I'm serious. The guy is, 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 is doing something right. I mean, Big Balls Doug is a thing. He's everything we thought Chip Kelly was going to be. Okay. Dan uh, Zeitz. Jack, I was feeling great after the big win this weekend. Confidence was high. Then I had a sickening thought that made my knees shake. What happens if Belichick, Brady, and McDaniels watches the game tape of both Giants wins this year, or both Giants games this year? Won't they learn exactly how to rip our D's hearts? Suddenly less confident. You know, just go, like, come on, Dan. Like, what the fuck, man? You know, we talked this whole podcast about how we're going to beat the Patriots, and then you bring that sorcery into a into the trust tree? What the fuck, dude? Bring an absolute sorcery into the trust tree. Now, I will say this. If Belichick and Brady and McDaniels aren't smart enough to realize that they should go up-tempo and get the ball out quickly against uh, against the Seagulls' defense, then are we sure that they're even good coaches? Are we sure Belichick's a good coach? Are we sure Tom Brady's a good quarterback? Because it's a pretty simple way that's, that's shown multiple times to beat the Seagulls' team. Uh, let's see. Let's go to uh, Jack Cole, who listens all the time. Uh, hi, Jack. I enjoy listening to your show each week. If you could choose the ending of the Super Bowl, would it be a Nick Foles 40-yard run for a TD or a pick six on Brady by Mills? So here's the thing. If if Nick Foles has a 40-yard touchdown run, I, 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 I worry about the safety of everyone in the stadium because it means that uh, the meteor finally hit. Nick Foles is not running a 40-yard touchdown against anyone. Unless everyone in that stadium is harmed and everyone's probably dying. So that's just not going to happen. I'll take the pick six on Brady. A pick six on Brady is just funny to think about. It's like it gives me a, a cruel laugh inside of me. I want to see it. Um, this is from Daniel Grabowski. He starts hit off his uh, email with Vince. Love the podcast. So that's a little weird. Um, I'm not Vince, but... I guess thanks. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Um, Vince, again, my name's Jack. Uh, love the podcast. Your attitude and takes on dearly diseased Eagles fandom is a refreshing parallel to the norm of BGM and keeps my interest peaked week to week. Well, now I'm sure Vince appreciates that. Just kidding. I can tell his pot. This 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 message is meant for me, and I'm just gonna add it at John Barchard and at Brandon Lee Gowden. Because I think they need to they need to know that the fans do like Jack Fritz a little bit. Um, now to my question: My first child is due on seven eleven eighteen, and my wife and I uh, will be finding out the gender during halftime on Holy Sunday. If it's a boy, should we name him Carson or Nick? So um, the answer is Carson because Carson is the prodigal son. Carson is the one that was sent here to win a Super Bowl. And Nick is just the beneficiary of that. Now, Dan, what are you doing a a gender reveal during halftime of the biggest game of your entire life? Are you fucking crazy? Are you crazy? Now, congrats on the sex. And good job on having a kid. So 7-11-18. Look out for that. Look out for Dan blowing up uh, Instagram. But, Dan... I'm being honest with you. If you send me a photo of the gender reveal on Super Bowl Sunday, I'm not going to like that photo. I'm not going to favorite it. You're going to get a, a non-reaction from me. Not only because gender reveals are ridiculous, you're also doing it on Super Bowl Sunday in a game in which the Eagles are playing. And you also started this, this, this message with Vince, which is clear. Again, my name's Jack. <laughs> from Scott Maxwell... 
If you had to describe this Eagle season in one song, uh, what song would that be? Uh, it's crazy because the song that I thought of was honestly Dreams and Nightmare by Meek Mill because it's it's the perfect embodiment of this team. It's like, hold on, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished? They weren't finished. Now, I'm not going to pretend to try to rap the rest of the song, but there was a time when freshman year Jack of college knew every word of that song. I tell you what, a slightly overweight, pale-ass white kid with a comb-over rapping that song is a very weird sight to see, but but College Jack pulled it off. I think he pulled it off. Um, but I think I think Dreams and Nightmares, because it's just like, hold on, wait a minute. I'm not going to do it again. No, I'm not going to do it again. Um, okay. Hey, Jack, this is Justin from Lancaster. See, he says it's Lancaster. How do I say it? Lancaster. I've always said Lancaster. You messed me up. You messed me up, Justin. This is your fault. Um, I've been listening to your podcast this whole season, but have been too lazy to send you an email. Thank you. Uh, classic millennial, right? I mean, that's what you, millennials are too lazy to do anything. Um, at 18 years old, I'm already a diseased Eagles fan. Well, welcome, Justin. The last time we were in the Super Bowl, I was five years old, just like you. I was in fifth grade. And the only thing I remember about that game was Donovan running on the field. We're finally back at the Super Bowl but I just don't know where I want to watch it. This whole season has been very superstitious. I wear the same Eagle shirt and have been sitting on the one side of my couch in my house. Well, that's a good call by you, Justin. Do I break the superstition now and watch it with my friends from my school or I stay at home and watch the birds win the Super Bowl in my house? Justin, we don't... Eagles fans, diseased Eagles fans, do not watch... We don't watch regular season games with other people. You think we're going to watch the Super Bowl with other people? Going to a Super Bowl party in which the Eagles are in sounds like my nightmare. It sounds like my individual nightmare. I don't want to be sitting around with these fraud-ass Eagles fans because you know they're going to say some dumb shit like, oh, here we go again if they go down by seven points. That sounds like my nightmare. So you're watching. Honestly, if you're listening to this podcast, I know you're a diseased Eagles fan. If you go to a Super Bowl party, with 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 buffalo chicken dip with with a bunch of fraud asses i question you might you might get banned from this podcast honestly all right let's check to the twitter.com this is from you know at e g e v e g e r v a s e that's all i got i don't know eggervasi whatever uh who is the most vital eagles offensive player in this matchup uh, ignoring Foles. Uh, well, obviously, I mean, if they're going to win, Foles is going to have to play pretty damn well. Um, I'm going to give it to... I'm going to give it to Nelson Aguilar, I think. I think Aguilar can can do something against this, this, uh, this Patriots defense. I'm pretty sure he's going to be matched up against Eric Rowe, and I want nothing more than to see Eric Rowe get torched by the Eagles. But that's all I gotta say. I, I, it really does. Like it's tough to say an offensive player like a Jai has to have a good game, but it really does come down to Foles. He doesn't have to play as well he did as well as he did against the Vikings. He just has to be confident. Um, this is from at Rogmoto. No questions. Just say trust tree a lot. Trust tree. Trust tree. Trust tree. And something about Long Dick Nick and Doug's enormous balls. Uh, forming some phalaic Voltron that will dethrone the Pats dynasty. How funny would it be if Big Dick Nick and Big Balls Doug really did just destroy the Patriots? Come on. Did it move? It moved a little bit. I know it did. Uh, From uh, John Barber, favorite thing that happened during the season that doesn't involve an actual play uh, i.e. signings, dog mass, Larry dancing, etc. I really, I think, I think my favorite thing is the dog mass thing because it just, it's just so Philly, and everyone just all of a sudden, no matter what, was like, yeah, I'm behind this. This is amazing. The underdog thing, embracing that. I mean, winning that is we're going. The dog masks are just incredible. They are incredible. I'm all about it. I think the dog masks were really cool. They're really special. And and it's something that we're going to be able to tell our kids about. We say, hey, listen, we had the whole team wearing dog masks and barking at our crowd, and our crowd loved it. And our crowd was wearing dog masks and barking back at the players. It was nuts. And I think that's a really cool conversation we're going to have with our future children. At Neil Dutton, 
What are your thoughts on people who insist on making visitors remove their shoes? See, I think those people are assholes. Like, unless I understand if you're coming out of the mud and and whatever, but like, what do people think they're gonna do? Like, do you think they're coming in there with like they're they they're, they're coming off of dust and there's dirt everywhere? No, no asshole. I'm gonna keep my shoes on because then then your feet just smell. So I I personally, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna get personal, I think people that make uh, visitors remove their shoes just out of principle are assholes. Is that fair? Another one from Neil Dotton. You can only eat the flesh of one beast for the rest of your life. What's your choice? Now, flesh is a weird term. So I tweeted back at Neil. I said, by flesh, I can definitely cook this meat, right? And honestly, Neil, this is something that I think about on a daily basis. What is my favorite animal to eat? Is it chicken? Because chicken's amazing. Is it cow? Because cow's amazing. Or is it pig? Because of all the things that come from a pig. The pig is a versatile animal. But I think that I decided that the correct answer is the cow. The cow has the best is the best tasting, uh, the best tasting animal in my opinion. The cow is phenomenal tasting. A steak is the best possible thing you can take from all of the major animals. It's better than bacon, even though I love bacon. But steak is the best tasting thing in the entire world. So I'm gonna go with steak. From at uh, PJ DeHavis ninety one. Uh, which player could you see being the unsung hero of the Super Bowl for the Eagles? So if this is anything, a lot of things I've said on this podcast have come back to bite me in the ass. I've realized like the Foles thing, uh, the Camus Grugia Hill, like Camus Grugia Hill has turned into a folk hero. But I think to top off, (laughs) this is, I'm telling you, I'm telling you this bet on Corey Clement to win uh, Super Bowl MVP because if if it's following the trend on everything I've said on this podcast, he's going to go off. Remember, I want Corey Clement cut because of his Cowboys fandom and him not being able to enjoy this. Obviously, they're not going to succumb to my request. Bet on Corey Clement. I'm just saying. Trust me. From uh, Matt Cull- Matt Keel. Keel. Uh, is this offense entering the game better than 2004 taking the Owens injury into account? Now, if Wentz was healthy, no-brainer. Even with Foles. Like, I know it's Donovan, I know it's first Foles, and I know it's Westbrook, and I know it's T.O., but is it crazy that I trust Doug as an offensive mind more than Andy? Is that crazy? I don't think it's crazy. From Brian Coulter, our wonderful producer, road producer, uh, two-parter. What would superstitious fans do if they went to the game on Sunday and should they open up the link next Sunday? I mean, Eagles employees, I know you listen to this podcast. Open up the link for fans to come. If they don't show up, they don't show up. But it's really tough for the superstitious fan, and I'm in a in a bit of a pickle myself because I had to change my own superstition. I had to move from the spot. I didn't even wear Phillies gear last time. I usually wear Phillies gear on game day because I literally have reversed every single superstition I did this season. I'm not feeling confident in myself. I wore all Eagles gear because I wanted to go out and party after the game. I changed jobs. They didn't send my request that I have to stay in the spot. They, I, it, was, it, was, it was tough. It was tough. Superstitious fans... Keep the beards going. The, the beards are very important. But I honestly, I'm we're we're going in the trust tree now. We're in. I'm a little uh, I'm a little not, I'm not confident in myself either. Either I don't I I am lost. I know you're looking uh, for me to pro- provide you with something. And honestly, I'm lost myself. I'm lost myself. Finally, we're not going to break down the uh, the full what's the line saying, but I can definitely give you an early what's the line saying because when the line came out, I got a little semi-chub um, because it's a stone bird line. It's an absolute stone bird's line. Minus five and a half, that is begging people to hammer the Patriots. In 2004, the line was seven with that team, with Donovan McNabb, the peak Eagles. The peak Eagles were seven-point dogs to the Patriots. This Eagles team, with Nick Foles, the quarterback, and Doug Peterson coaching, is a five-and-a-half-point dog. That's it. That's it. Now, big money's coming in on the Eagles, but that my early, I'm not going to give my prediction, but if the line stays between 
four and a half and five and a half and doesn't drop much more than that. I'm all over the birds. All over the birds. I think it is a stone birds line. Now next week I'll get into it more, but stone birds line on the early. What's the line saying? But that's going to do it for this episode of the Counterpoint Podcast. I'm sorry it's over an hour. Man, there's just a lot of stuff to get to. There's so many counterpoint mailbag questions. There was uh, I, had, I had to ban people from this podcast. It's a loaded podcast, and I'll talk to you next week. This is what your second record, and it's the song you wrote.